Whether you know or not, yesterday there were about a billion of these things flying around in here, and good times were had. And I'll tell you, that just blesses your heart to see little kids just nerf gunning in here. We had a smoke machine. We had the place was trashed. You wouldn't know it, but that is why we have chairs. Let me tell you. I wanted to speak today about unity. Uh, take a couple of minutes. There was something that I read, and it really just it cut into me. Uh, had to revise it a little, but the general notion is this. At a YMCA summer camp that ran from Sunday to Sunday, the kids that were there were encouraged on the next Sunday to speak about their belief. Just looking at, you know, trying to get kids to view one another, some that had been raised in different ways. And so the Sunday came and a little girl, she stood up and from her backpack, she takes out a rosary. And she explained she had been raised Catholic and how the rosary, you know, she would use that in prayer, how she had been raised. The next child, he, he stood up and from his backpack, he takes a dream catcher and he says, you know, I'm Native American the way that... I was raised, the belief system was that you would hang this above your bed and it would serve as a filter, you know, for your dreams at night. And the third child, he stood up and he had his backpack. And as he began to take something out, he looked at his watch and he said, my name's Bobby, I am second generation church of God and it is noon on Sunday, I have to go. You'll get it in a minute. I say that because when it comes to unity and fellowship, that what happens in this house from 1030 to noon cannot be the end all. That we get in this idea that you hear this idea of family. We hear about family. Some family is by blood. They could be on the other side of the nation. They would still be blood. We throw the term church family around. I'm just going to be honest with you. Just because we sit in the same type of brown chairs on a Sunday, if we don't take it to the level of unity and fellowship, then there is no church family. Just random strangers sitting in the same kinds of chairs in an octagonal room, I guess you'd call this. God has put this on my heart because there's that term, blood is thicker than water, there's that term, church is not something that you go to, it's something that you belong to. I, there's a slide up there along those lines. I butcher it every time. And we say these things and we post these things. But are we there? Are we there? And this morning, I'd really like to just challenge everyone when it comes to unity happens past noon on Sunday. And some people may say, I'm coming to church, I'm coming out of a tough season, and now you're making it sound like I've got to do more. No, not at all. When we were in Grow Together last week, two separate scriptures from Acts talk about how the church grew and people got saved because people who claimed to be Christians came together outside of church. And so it's not complicating things. It's taking them back to the beginning. It's taking them back to what caused it to grow. 
I often say to the staff, when Christians spend time together, Christian things happen. Right? Like, I have been over, like, I've had holy tacos with people before. What do I mean by that? I mean, they were good tacos, but the conversation led to Jesus. Whole crowd of people around me. You know, somebody getting a sombrero put on their head and happy birthday being sung to them, and we're over here and I feel the Holy Spirit. Things happen when you get Christians together. Jesus calls attention to the fact that genuine fellowship is one of the most powerful tools there are for evangelism. We were talking about evangelism. We were talking about this gospel. But one of the most powerful ways for God's people to evangelize is to be unified together and be together outside of here. Jesus prayed for everyone who would call upon his name to be one. John 17, we touched on John 17 last week. That is one of the most powerful passages. If you have not read that lately, I challenge you to read it. He calls on them, and he says this in John 17, 20. I do not pray for these alone, meaning the believers, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's from the New King James. There's two things that jump out at me. The God plan for you does not stop at you. The God plan for you involves how many other people? I don't know, but I want to find out. The second part of that that hit me was those who will believe me through their word. In other words, the way that we express his word is what's going to draw them. It doesn't mean that I'm just going to go around like the Gideons and laying Bibles around and suddenly people are going to be like, wow. It means that if God is part of my vocabulary, if this walk is about Jesus, then it's going to come out in places and people are going to hear. How many of you have ever had someone pull one of these? Hey, I couldn't help it over here. The other day, there were these college students. They were having a Bible study right in Starbucks. And like, I just wanted to go hug them, but that's weird. <laughs> so I did it. <laughs> but I was just thinking, like, you know, I hear them, I'm like, was that, was that a Jesus word they just used? And they have their Bibles open right on a table at Starbucks. And I heard someone come up to them and do, hey, I couldn't help it over here. And they start talking, and I'm thinking, has that happened to you? If it hasn't, try to make it happen. Not again, like, I am at a restaurant, I will read my Bible right now if anyone wants to come over and talk about Jesus. But if you do, they will be drawn. Unity is what will draw an unbelieving world. Another version of that scripture says, I'm not praying for these alone, but also for future believers who will come to me because of the testimony of these. Jesus shares that lost tool of evangelism. When a lost world sees a body of believers, what do they see? When they hear us talking, what do they hear? They are wanting love, acceptance, encouragement, support. Are they hearing that from us to each other? Because if they aren't, when you invite them to your church, they're going to be like, yeah, they act like everybody else. But if they hear those words coming out, if they see those actions coming from us, then they're going to say, Whatever you have, I want some of that. I want that. When we do life together, we begin to see things that God always had planned for this church. 
for this family. Do you want to see people come to know Jesus Christ? I heard something the other day, and they said, Noah, he preached for 120 years, and no one got saved. And I'm like, is it supposed to be encouraging? Like, I, I don't even know the tone of that. I don't know what to do with that. I don't want to do that. What I want is I want for us to engage in the word to where the world is drawn in. So here's a prescription for unity. Unity, if you break it down, it breaks down like this. A letter for each one of these things I will share. U stands for uplifting. One way for us to develop unity within the body is to uplift one another. Now, there have been times in this very church house where I have met some people and they, they'll just compliment everything. I love the way you sit in that chair, Zach. I mean, they'll start with like the craziest thing. They will just compliment, compliment. It's really flattery and it's weird, but I'm not saying uplift in a fake way. What I'm saying is see people doing good things and call them on it. Catch them doing good is what we would call it in school. Jeff, I caught you doing good many times. He's shaking his head now. We live in a world where the term Karen has just become second nature to us. The other day I went, just to tell you, I went to get the Lord's chicken and picked the line with only like three cars in line instead of the 30 car line. Boom, 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 moving along. Lady in front of me stops, brake lights, and then you just see her shifted into park. And I'm like, oh, no. She yelled at every worker outside, called for a manager, yelled at him. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, what just happened? This is Chick-fil-A. You know, this is holy ground. What are you doing? And she <laughs> pulls around to get her food, brakes, park, Gets, she yells at another manager. So this is crazy, but without entering the restaurant, she yelled at everyone except for the guy cooking the chicken. <laughs> Not uplifting. Not uplifting. We live in a world where that is common. We shouldn't attend a church where that's common as well. We should be able to lift one another up. At its purest level, Jesus modeled what he asks us to do. With the 12 this is the son of God. As charming as those 12 men could have been, could you imagine being the son of God and spending time with those 12 people all the time? We can do it. It's possible. We can do it. Imagine how empowering it must have been when Jesus was about to leave this world and it became evident to them that he's saying to them, I'm passing the baton. Get ready. I'm passing the baton. Imagine these guys who came from backgrounds. You know, some had really good jobs. Some had okay jobs. But imagine going from saying, I'm just a blank, to saying, I have been empowered to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. That's who we are. That's what we're called to do. Your ends of the earth may be the line at Target, but are you sharing? Remember I said, if we ever start a satellite church, if Joanne Meredith ever starts a satellite church out of here, it will be at Walmart. It will be at Chardon Walmart. 
Can you imagine how energized those people must have felt? We must uplift one another. The N in the word unity, it stands for needs. We must understand that we have been placed in a body to help meet the needs of others. Right? No, that doesn't mean that I want to pay your dish bill right now. No, I don't. But what it means is this. We are placed here because there is a diversity of needs. There are emotional needs in this church. There are relational needs in this church. There are people who attend this church whose families are so dysfunctional that this is about the only normal they see. It's a young boy who wanted a PlayStation 5 for his birthday. And so when his dad went to tuck him in bed, the young boy was praying, now I lay me down to sleep. And all of a sudden he shouts out, God, I really want that PlayStation 5 from Walmart. His grandparents were visiting. They were in the next room. So the father's like, shh. It's like, God is not hard of hearing. And the little boy said, I know, but grandma is. <laughs> that child knew what all children know. That grandma meets needs. <laughs> Unity becomes possible when our personal needs and our responsibility to help others come together. Very biblical. So it says, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ in Galatians 6.2. I heard it different. I always heard it this way that I should just carry other people's burdens. This time when I read it and God's like, think of it almost like being in a class and the teacher saying, class, here's what we're going to do right now. We are going to bear one another's burdens. So Jeff, I'm going to need you to let Bob carry your burden. And I'm going to need to let Tim carry my burden. And so at the end of the exercise, nobody has their own burden, but they're carrying something for someone else. That is how it's supposed to look. You may say, well, what a bummer. What if I don't want to carry anything? Well, here it says, bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. I want to fulfill Christ's law. There are times that you may need a time of rest. Understood. Jesus would go away into the wilderness. You cannot live an off-grid lifestyle indefinitely, though, in Jesus Christ got to come back. Integrity. That's what the I stands for. Jesus says in John 17, 22, I have given them glory. Glory is a magnificence or a great beauty. It's the unspoken manifestation of God. It's what evokes a good opinion. Glory will call attention to the holiness of God. It will always do that. Jesus represented the glory and holiness of God. John 1.12, it was a verse that we talked about last week that I'm going to bring up that made me think of this. As many as received him, to, him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. Luke 2.9 says this, that glory shines. If the glory of God's on your life, there's going to be a shine going on. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. When it's there, it's going to glow. Is it glowing? 
Are you walking into places and people are like, there's something weird about this person. I mean, they say that about me, but I'm saying there's something God weird about this person. Are they picking up on the fact that everyone else freaked out wherever, like at the restaurant when the orders got mixed up? You ever see someone flip out because an order got mixed up? I did not order the eggplant. Come on. You know, just go off on the employee that's just coming out of like pandemic mode and they're making two fifteen an hour in tips, which will probably be four bucks once a day's over. Go off on them. Glory will shine in those situations. You can see you're having a hard day. Figure the guy in the kitchen messed up. Let's blame it on him. It's not you. <laughs> you can work in the God love in places that you don't even see it coming. Verse 19 of John 17, Jesus says, I sanctify myself for them that they shall be sanctified in the truth. John 1, 7 says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. That psalm verse that we shared last week, show me your paths, O Lord. Show me your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths, rather. What that tells me is this. It tells me that when I'm following the God plan that I'm going to come in contact with other people. That's what it tells me. It tells me that if I'm following a map that just keeps me over here away from other people, it's a map that I drew myself. The God map will bring me into contact with other believers. It's the iron sharpening iron. Like you could be iron and I could be iron, but if we never sharpen one another, well, we're, we're just iron. Not doing anyone any good. Unity flourishes when we strive to live holy, clean, and pure lives. I didn't say holier than thou, cleaner than thou, or purer than thou. But sanctification looks like this. It's the God whisper that says to you that the things that once were okay may not be as okay anymore. It's saying, come a little closer to me. Do you really need this in your life? Is it really working with your walk anymore? Come closer to me. One of our core values of church, which if you were in Grow Together this morning, you heard church drama has no place here. Now, some people would hear that and be like, that's harsh. No, it's just real. I have found in life that chasing God limits drama. You know, it's just wild. Like, there are plenty of places that you could be dysfunctional. I don't recommend it, but there's plenty of places. But don't be dysfunctional here. We need to stand and overcome. We need to be a witness to the world. The Bible reveals that Jesus, what he does, for every empty place, he fills the longing in the soul. For every heartbreak, he binds up those broken hearts. For all the feelings of things that are missing, he helps you to gather those pieces and he helps you to feel complete. We're called to walk in integrity with one another. The T in unity stands for trust. When there's integrity in the house, the saints of God are willing to trust one another. Every given Sunday, there are people doing things. There are admins who are working in their gifting areas and who are working behind the scenes to make everything flow. There are people who are doing what they do. Like the worship team, they don't show up at 1027 and find a place. They work at it. They're disciplined at it. 
I say that because when it comes to trust, the only reason I can do what I do some days is because of the people doing all the things you don't see them doing. And doing it with excellence. I trust them. I trust that if something happens that I can't deal with because I'm standing here right now, that they'll deal with it in the best way. But that's how it happens in the body of Christ. When we're all doing the things that we were called to do, then we know that we are free to operate in the giftings that God has put on us. God didn't call me to do the things he called you to do, Laverne. I couldn't do them as well as you would do them. And it would be weird for me to try because those are your giftings. And I say that to everyone here that you may look at people and think, well, so-and-so could do it better. I don't want to step in there. Step in there because God is calling. The body works according to design and harmony. In the closing chapters of John, you find Jesus calling these men. And when he challenges them, he challenges them in this way about their trust knowing that trust is going to lead to them working together, to serving together, and even at times laying down their lives for one another. Are we there? No, I'm not talking this way like giving up your life and dying right now, but I'm saying are we willing to lay our lives down for the sake of other people here? You know, if there's an opportunity to attend, do we think I should go to that because someone probably needs me? Or do we think, you know what, yeah, two and a half men comes on at seven. <laughs> right? And I'm saying that because people have an expectation, and if I'm not there, I'm missing something. Not that I'm always going to be the hit of the show. Nope. But presence speaks so loudly. I was going to make the, uh, the word instead of unity rhododendron and put a lot of things, but I'm not going to do that acronym for your sake. Now I'm on yielding, so that means we're going to be coming to a close soon. There are two areas of your life that require yielding. Number one is yielding your life to Jesus Christ. I was having a conversation this week with someone, and we were talking about with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And framing up that word all. They had asked me, well, how does that apply to my present situation? And I had to look at it in a way and say, is that a thing? You know, is your mental health a thing? Is your marriage a thing? Is your parenting a thing? Yeah. Well, all things. It falls into all. And it sounds silly, but we need to do that at times to frame it up. Does my health fall into that? Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's possible. We need to submit to the lordship of Christ. And the second thing is we need to yield to one another. That's tough. That is tough. But it begins by small steps. You know what it looks like? Pansy, it looks like making grilled cheese for a bunch of kids that are shooting Nerf guns at each other. That's what yielding looks like. She was not yielding to a contemporary yielding to a bunch of little kids that would have shot her with a Nerf gun if they had a chance. That would have been the things you got, but it's yielding. Small things when we yield, not a big deal. 
Having yielded to the lordship of Christ and yielding to one another, it leads us to mission. We have a mission. Les, when you were in the army, did they give you like optional missions? Like did, you know, like especially in basic training, like did they ask, hey Les, would you like to do some push-ups today? Les, you know, I was thinking maybe we could run. What do you think? It was never like that. Like when the mission's given to us, we carry the mission out. I share this because it, it kind of breaks my heart. There have been times in church that I've seen something. I've seen families where the husband may just get on fire for Jesus Christ. I mean, I've witnessed it. On fire. His spouse, not so much. But what's weird is over time, the husband will kind of, his fire will kind of burn out. And then the wife will get on fire for Jesus Christ. And you see this like back and forth, like this popcorn thing spiritually going on. And you see kids like, like what do we do? You know, are we on fire? Are we atheists? Are we on fire? Are we atheists? What are we doing? No, I say it and you're laughing, but it's true. And then in the end, you know what I've seen happen? And ain't nobody going to church, especially the kids. I say that because in unity, in yielding to one another, we will understand that our obligation is to press into Jesus Christ. Mommy, daddy, aunt, uncle, or kid, we press into Jesus Christ. And when we do, we're meeting what God's called us to do. Last thing, ancient China, because I must be a Chinese historian today. <laughs> to protect themselves from northern invaders, they built the Great Wall of China. It was an engineering feat. You may have heard about it. You may have even seen it. I mean, beyond the picture, you can see it there. It was so tall, invaders could not go over it. It was so thick, they could not get through it. Uh, chariots could race on the top of it. The guard posts were strategically placed apart to maximize the least number of guards for the most amount of coverage. Impenetrable. Genius. Within the first hundred years of the Great Wall being built, northern China was invaded three times. Do you know why? Because an enemy bribed the gatekeeper. And they walked right through. To close this out, unity is the gatekeeper in this church. And the things that we allow to bribe that You know I'm real about it. It could be sports. It could be your hot rod club. It could be fishing. It could be, like, you name it. None of those things are bad. Did you notice when I said them, lightning didn't strike? But what is bribing the gatekeeper? If it does, the goal wasn't to tear the wall down. It still stands today. The goal was just to get the enemy through. 
The goal hasn't changed on his behalf. It hasn't changed. That's all he wants. Compromise, compromise. Oh, can you let us through? Yeah, I mean, what's the big deal? Just you and your army. Before you know it, destruction. Before you know it, it doesn't look like it did before. Before you know it, all the things that you trusted, you can't trust any longer. I want to ask this. We're about to enter a cycle of life groups. We say this. I said this right out of my mouth. Kathy, I said this last week right out of my mouth to you guys. We're a church that doesn't believe in life groups. We're a church of life groups. I didn't do it. Like, <laughs> like the daughter, dirty dancing. She's like, But we are a church, and if we believe in this that much, are we doing that? Are we doing it? And you may say, but I don't see a life group that I want to attend. Then start the life group you would want to attend. I'm telling you. Gee, was the shooting life group awesome? Yes. The dog walking life group, was it awesome? Yeah, and then the third week, like, nobody showed up, but it was awesome for two weeks. Right? Just being real, just being real up here. But as a church, we have opportunities to do things that you enjoy doing. If you want to lead a life group, please come and see Pastor Tim or Kim or myself or Dina. Probably the other three because I forget. But do a life group. Do a life group. Be a part of a life group. If you'll stand. When we begin these sign-ups, I would ask this. Join a life group. Well, I would if my family was leading it. Nope. Well, I would if there are Bible study groups. There are groups yet to be discovered. And I've told you before, you think I'm crazy, but standing there smelling like gunpowder, dirt. When the devotion was being done, here's me. Like, man, I feel the Holy Spirit. For real. Yeah, Monica's normal, and she can vouch for it. <laughs> See? It's not just me making this up. But these are things, like, be a part. Let's grow in unity. If you would bow your heads right now, we're going to pray. Lord, I thank you for this family. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for the fact that we can begin to see souls come into the kingdom by simply doing what you called us to do in fellowship. Let us be creative. Let us be committed. And Lord, let us begin to view this church as something that happens after noon on Sundays. In the name of Jesus, I claim it and speak it. Amen.